Hi there, and welcome to the Weekend Wind-Up. This morning we're going to look into a little bit about how grappa is made. This coming Friday, May 5th, you're invited to Soto Soto in Yorkville for an exclusive tasting experience with Elisabetta Nonino. From 12.30pm until 3pm, you'll be guided through an exceptional three-course meal prepared by Chef Massimo Renzi, perfectly paired with wines and grappas. For those of you who do not know Elisabetta Nonino, she is the CEO of the prestigious Nonino family, a fifth-generation distiller of world-renowned grappas and the recipient of the Wine Enthusiasts Award for Distiller of the Year a few years back in 2019. I suppose the first thing to do is provide a little background on the Nonino family. But first, let's take a brief look at the history of grappa. Grappa, for those of us who are not closely acquainted with this fiery digestive, is a grape-based pomace brandy of Italian origin that usually contains anywhere from 30 to 60% alcohol. Grappa was originally born from the need to prevent waste in the winemaking process by using all the leftovers, the grape skins, seeds, pulp, stems, everything that was left over after wine had been created. Actually, you could think of the beginning of grappa being made as a part of a holistic concern for the tenant, waste not, want not. So when we talk history, we talk Romans. And here again, we go with the Romans. Legend has it that Roman soldiers first distilled grappa in the northern town of Basso di Grappa, makes sense to me, using stolen Egyptian distillation equipment. Around 1300 AD, using water as a distillation coolant came into play and larger amounts of pomace could be distilled properly. Techniques improved and around 1600, Jesuits in Italy, Spain, and Germany studied and codified the techniques needed to produce grappa and brandy. It always seems to be the Romans or a sect of monks that found the time to further or enhance alcohol production. Bless their hearts. Grappa has come a long way from its humble beginnings. The European Union, in its effort to protect the name grappa, has instilled the following rules to ensure the purity of grappa is protected. All products labeled grappa must be produced in Italy or in the Italian part of Switzerland or in San Marino. It must be produced from grape pomace and fermentation and distillation must occur on the pomace with no added water. The reason it needs to be produced from pomace without water is that no one will be able to use grape juice in the making of this unique product. The reason that no liquid can be added is to avoid one's ability to distill it with a direct flame, so they need to find a way around that. The way around this is to use what is known as a bain-marie, or steam distillation. Another reason for the laws being applied to the grappa making process was in order to legislate that all winemakers have to sell their pomace to grappa producers, which in turn cuts down on those Italian moonshiners. Grappa is mainly an after-dinner drink. Its main purpose is to aid in the digestion after a heavy meal. Grappa has also been known to be added to espresso coffee to create caffè corretto, or corrected coffee. Next time you put Bailey's or Frangelico in your coffee, just tell yourself you're correcting it. Back to the Nonino family. The Noninos have been producing grappa since 1897, with Orazio Nonino, the founder of the family, establishing his own distillery in Ronchi di Pavia. In 1933, Antonio Nonino stepped up production in compliance with the Royal Decree 1604, which obliged creators to make the bottling and packaging of grappa in bottles with regular labels and the state seal. Things became official. This is only the beginning. He created Amaro Carnia, an infusion of herbs from the mountains of Friuli, using the grappa he distilled as the alcoholic base. If you've never had Amaro, 
you've never lived. By the 1950s, Antonio's wife Sylvia, left widowed, carries on the family business, and Amaro del Friuli is born. As we move into the 1970s, the new era of grappa begins in Percoto. Benito and Gianola create the first crew single varietal grappa, and for this they chose the rarest and most sacred vine, Picolite. By the 1980s, the Nonino family business grows in many ways, from 12 to 24 stills, and by the mid-80s, the Noninos enlist the artistic hand of Vanini, Baccarat, and Riedel to create hand-blown vessels to house their distilled arts. By 1992, one of the most popular Ameros on the market to this day, Amero Nonino Quintessentia, is born. In 2012, there was a documentary made for Italian TV about the Nonino family called Dynasties, Stories, Tales, and Events That Has Made Italy Great. You may have seen a poster or two of Benito and Gianola and their daughters, Elisabetta, Antonella, Cristina, and Cristina's daughter, Francesca, gracing the advertisements for all the products Nonino has grown into. The family line of exotic, high-end grappas has grown to include Prunella Mandorlata, Grappa Friolana, Grappa Reserva Antica Cuvée, that is a five-year-old age grappa, Amero Nonino Quintessentia, and many other products including their delicious L'Aperitivo Botanical, a liqueur you can add to almost any existing cocktail you now enjoy. Noninos have created an art beyond wine and beyond imagination. Next Friday, May 5th, if you're listening to this podcast in real time, you have your chance to meet Elisabetta Nonino at Soto Soto for an incredible meal and the opportunity to sample some of these palate-pleasing concoctions. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Drink more wine! And there you have it. A little bit of knowledge about Grappa, about the Noninos, and about the event next week at Soto Soto where you can meet Elisabetta. If you have any other questions, drop us a line at sales at And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. 